Welcome to Crossroads Connection. This is a show all about having conversations surrounding life, ministry, and culture. I want to say a quick thank you to our friends at the Truth Network for airing this program. Well, friends, I'm so excited that you decided to join me from wherever you are on today's show. And I've got something very special today that I wanted to share with everybody. In fact, it's a sermon that I preached not that long ago with the title of Be Strong and Courageous. I think it's a very fitting title and a very fitting message for us right now today. But before I share that, I want to share a quick word from our sponsor. Your success as a leader hinges upon buy-in from your teams, clear and consistent communication from you, and strategic delegation. My name's Cheryl Scanlon. C3 Advantage helps you steward your most valuable resource well, improve retention, grow employee engagement, and generate higher team and individual ownership. The success of your organization begins with you and depends on your team. Go deeper as a leader and watch your organization go further. Visit c3advantage.net at c3advantage.net. Welcome back. And like I said, this is a very special message. In fact, it's a, it's a, it's a timely message. You know, at Crossroads Fellowship for the last, uh, really since January 1st, we've been in a year of transformation. And I don't think that it was an accident that on the very first Sunday when I was preaching to an empty room because of the coronavirus that we were in the book of Joshua. And I preached a message out of Joshua chapter 1 that I think is very fitting for this unprecedented time that we're in right now as we're all dealing with whatever's happening, the, the reality and somewhat of the new norm for the next unforeseeable future around this COVID-19 coronavirus. I wanted to share this message with you today called Strong and Courageous. And my prayer is that it will encourage you, that it will strengthen you, and that truly, as God spoke to Joshua to be strong and courageous, my prayer for you is that you right now, my friend, would be strong and courageous in all who God is in your life. So here you go. Enjoy this message. And so here we go. Joshua chapter one, verse one. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, you and all the people into the land I am given them, the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall, shall be able to stand before you the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous." Be care, being careful to do according to all the law that my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that was written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray. God, I pray right now as we begin to open up and unpack these nine verses in Scripture. 
I pray for everyone watching right now, God, that you would speak directly to their life, that the theme of this book and the words that God spoke to Joshua are the very words that he's speaking today to be strong and courageous, that he's not left us, that he has not abandoned us, that he is with us. So Lord, I pray that you would encourage us this morning in Jesus' name, amen. Number one is the partnership. Let's talk about that first. The first thing you see in Joshua is that there's a partnership. And you read that in the first couple of verses where God is reminding Joshua that Moses, his servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over to the Jordan and watch what he says. He says, all the land I'm giving you, I'm giving you all this land to the people of Israel. Every place, this is critical, that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses, I'm giving and given to you. There's a very critical point in that verse where, where God is telling Joshua, He's telling Joshua, listen, Moses is done. Moses is dead. You're now in charge. And everything I told Moses, and he reminds him, the the covenant I made and all that I promised the Israelites, it's about to happen. But did you notice something? If you notice, there's a partnership there. God told Joshua, every place that the sole of your foot tread on, every place that you walk, every place that you step your foot, I'm going to give you. It's a partnership. You know what happens? I think often, oftentimes, we just want God to fight for us. Now, listen, God absolutely can fight for you, and he does fight for you. But there's also times that God wants to fight in you and through you. There's a partnership there. The way that it translates for us today, in many ways, is is where is God inviting you to join him in his work? See, once again, I think too often, and maybe a lot of you, you're just sitting there going, okay, God, you just take care of everything, and I'm just going to sit here, and I'm just going to wait. And there are times where God says, just be still, and I'll fight for you. But listen, there's also times where God's saying, hey, get up off the couch. I want to use you. There's times that God is calling the church, the church, not, not the building, not a certain church, but the church. You are the church, and I'm the church, and God is calling you right now, I'm telling you, to get up out of the lazy boy, out of the couch, out of the coffee seat, and go be the hands and feet of Jesus in a world right now that needs us to speak truth and life. Come on, somebody. I wish I could hear you saying amen right now. That's what God's calling us to do. Not to sit still, not to just wait. He's inviting us into a partnership with him. And what that requires is for you and I, just like this, it's almost like, hey, Andy, wherever you step the sole of your feet, I'm going to give you favor. I'm going to give you blessing. When you step into that coffee shop, I'm going to give you the ability to share hope. Students, when you go back to school, because I know students are watching, when you step that foot on your campus, you pray and and claim that campus in the name of Jesus, that that is not going to be Satan's missions field. That's going to be a place where God's going to be honored. When we walk around our neighborhood and we're stepping and walking, every place that we walk, are we praying that God blesses it and anoints it and God uses us? See, God God easily could have just, with a mere thought, God could have just wiped out the enemies of Israel. With just even a thought, God, God just thinking the thought could have destroyed every enemy in Joshua's path. But you notice they fought more than 30 enemy armies, three major military battles, and God fought through them, and God fought with them. Now, once again, there's absolutely times where, where wherever the case may be that God fights for us. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, he's calling us 
into a partnership. And the God of the universe right now, he is still calling you into that same partnership. It takes action on our part to join God in his work. It's identifying where God is working and joining him in that. But that requires you and I to live our life. Listen, it does. It requires us to live with our eyes open. It requires us to live with our mind and our heart open. It requires us to live with our hands open to be a blessing and not a curse. To go wherever we're going to go and not just get in and get out, but to go and to think, God, what can I do? What can I do right now? Who can I show kindness to? Who can I speak life to? Who can I pray with? Who can I lead to Christ? See, all these things on a regular basis. And it's amazing how things just come up and opportunities just come up. But I'm just telling you, every day, every day, I promise you, every day, you have got opportunities to do something to reflect the heart of God in partnership with God. If all we do is sit back and say, God, you just do it for us. You just go. You just make it happen. You and I are missing being part of the Great Commission. You know, Jesus, when he told the disciples, he didn't say, hang out here. I'm going to go into all the world and preach the gospel, did he? You know, he looked at his disciples and said, I'm commanding you, go. Get out into the world. Preach the message. Make disciples. Baptize people. Teach people the way of Jesus. It's partnership. I'm telling you, God's calling you into partnership with them. So my question to you before we go to point number two is where right now, do you already know that God's called you into partnership? Where right now can you just show a little bit of kindness, a little bit of love, that you can walk into a hysterical moment right now, and trust me, the world right now, if it's not politics, if it's not disease, if it's not finances, if it's not health, if it's not relationships. I mean, we could sit here, I could take the next 20 minutes of our service and just list all the things wrong with the world. There's hysteria happening. There's panic happening. And guess what? A lot of it's very real stuff. It's real. But what a great time to partner with God and be the church. What a great time to be the person that walks into the workplace or walks into the school, walks into the restaurant with peace, with joy. Not ignoring the reality, not putting our head in the sand and and plugging our ears and saying, okay, nothing's happening. Understanding that there's real stuff going on in this world, but there's also a very real God. I think sometimes we just focus in on all the real anxious stuff that's happening. We forget that there's a very real God that trumps all that other stuff. Number two is this. It's the promise. It's the promise. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, he said, From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, going down to where the sun shall be your territory. Now watch this. Here's the promise. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. And here's the promise. Just as I was with Moses, let me tell you something. God's saying the same thing to you and me. Listen, wherever you are, just as he was with Moses, just as he was with Joshua, just as he was with everybody in the Bible that we read, just as he was with Esther, just as he was with Mary, Peter and Paul, (laughs) just as he was with everybody, so I'll be with you. The promise that he will never leave you, that he will never forsake you. And then he says, I've said you all these things that you may have what? Come on. You may have peace. All of this is because he wants you to have peace. 
In John 16, 33, I've said all these things that you may have peace. In this world, you will have tribulation. Hello, somebody? But take heart, I've overcome the world. This is the promise. This is the promise. The promise is victory. Write that down somewhere. Victory is assured. Victory is the promise. It's assured because Joshua is called by God. It wasn't because Joshua was good enough. It's not because I'm good enough or Crossroads is good enough. It's not because you're good enough. You might be really good and you might be a great leader. But at the end of the day, victory is based on our faith in God, not in my faith in myself. So do we live like we have victory? Do you and I live, now listen, come on. Do you and I live like we can go to the back of the book of Revelation you know, when I get books sometimes, I go to the last pages of the book sometimes and I just see what the ending's like. Do you and I read the last part of this revelation right here and really believe that God gave us victory, that we win? Can I just tell you something? You, you and I, we win. We win. The victory, it's, it's already written down. God's already won. So how that needs to translate in my life today is that I can now walk in today assured that I have victory. Now listen, it does not mean that we don't have hardship. It does not mean that we don't have battles. It does not mean that right now, wherever you're watching from, that you're not dealing with something very, very real and very, very painful. Jesus addressed that. He said, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have problems in this world. And he starts it by saying, I tell you these things to give you peace. It's weird to say, I'm going to give you peace, but at the same time, you're going to have a whole lot of problems. Because the peace is not in the tribulation. The peace is not in our problems. The peace is knowing who holds the universe. That is the peace. So the promise that was given to, to Joshua is this. Listen to these three little segments. I am with you. I will not leave you. And I will not forsake you. Jesus said the same thing. I am with you always, even to the edge of the earth. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Can I just encourage you this morning? I'm telling you, somebody needs this today. The God of the universe has not left us. He hasn't forsaken us. He has not walked away from us. And not just us corporately, not just us in America, not just Crossroads Fellowship, but the God of the universe wants to be with you. He wants to be by your side. He's not leaving you. He's not forsaking you. And this is enough. Or is it? Is that enough? Is it enough for the God of the universe to tell you, I am with you, I will not forsake you, and I will not leave you? Is that enough? Or, or do we so often say, yep, I hear that, but I think I'm going to take care of this on my own. Or we hear that, but we certainly don't act like that. And sometimes our actions many times speak so much louder than what we say or what we even believe. Are, are, do my actions right now, in the year 2020, right now, do my actions and my demeanor, my face, the way that I am just showing Jesus to the world, is it showing people that I truly believe that God is with me? That I truly believe that he will not leave me, that he will not forsake me. But there are conditions, number three. The third point, there's conditions on this victory. There's conditions on this partnership even. And God spells them out to Joshua. What I love about this first chapter is God is not only spelling this out to Joshua of the conditions, 
But quite frankly, this is good advice for us this morning to grab a hold of as well. In Joshua 1, verses 6 to 9, he reminds them again, be strong and courageous. You shall cause this people to inherit the land. Just be strong and very courageous. Be very careful. Now watch, here's the conditions. Be very careful to do according to all the law that my service commanded you. Do not turn to the right hand or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. Now watch this, here's the list. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Now watch this, ready? So all that is written in this. Then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. There's conditions. The conditions that Joshua put on, uh, that God put on Joshua is not very different than the conditions that you and I have today. First off, the condition is Joshua is called to boldness. Boldness is not pride. Boldness is not ego. Boldness is understanding who is fighting with you and for you and in front of you. That you and I can live a bold life. Even Jesus said, Jesus says, you know, you can approach the throne of grace with confidence, with boldness. It's not arrogance. It's not pride. It's not that God owes you and me anything at all. It has nothing to do with that. But there is a, 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 an assurance, a boldness that says, go and I'm going to be with you. It also exposes our weaknesses, doesn't it? Because we have to realize that if we go, I need God's help. I can't leave this church without God. I can't leave my family without God. We can't change and transform the triangle of the world without God. So yeah, there, there's boldness, but the boldness is not in me. The boldness is who God is. Joshua did not only just need to read the word, he needed to do something with it. Once again, this is where I want to encourage you. A year of transformation, 2020, a year of transformation. That it's not just about reading the Bible. It's not just about reading it. There's something that we have to do with it. Transformation doesn't happen just because we read it. But there's something powerful. The transformation movement is, is a great movement. It's a great thing to be a part of. In fact, I was talking to Pastor Ryan and he was sharing from the Wake Forest campus. So all the Wake Forest folks, he was sharing that up at Wake Forest that through the Iwana program that 51 kids ages 3 to 12 memorized and recited 414 Bible verses. And in doing so, they raised enough money to sponsor 98 kids to do Awana somewhere else in the world. Come on, somebody. That's pretty awesome. That these kids, ages 3 to 12, memorized 414 passages. And they did a little, did a little fundraiser with it to help sponsor 98 kids somewhere else around the world to be part of Awana. See, that, that's part of transformation. It's wonderful to get this word inside of us, to memorize it, to understand it, to do something with it. But watch, there's three things real quickly. You can jot these down that are conditions that God told Joshua that are good advice for us today. The first one was that this word had to be on his lips. It had to be on, it, it shouldn't, and what he was saying is don't depart from this. Don't depart from what this word says. Church, you know why we're in the trouble we're in when it comes to moral and ethics and social justices around the world? It's because we've departed from what this says. We don't trust it. We don't trust the God who wrote it. And so we read this Bible and we say, well, I see that the Bible says this, but I don't think I like that part. And so I'm going to change that part or I'm going to ignore that part. And listen, I'm not even going to pick one thing out because we do it in a lot of ways. This word should not depart our mouth. 
The other condition is this, is that it had to be in his mind and he challenged him to meditate on a day and night. To get into this word and just meditate on it. Here's a good reminder. The goal is not just to read the word of God, it is to let the word of God read us. That's transformation. That's how transformation happens. When I meditate on it, see what meditate on this means is I'm not just reading it and checking my app to say, yep, 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 done, 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 got it. It's reading it and let it examine my life. Let it examine my heart. This is how victory happens. This is the condition. This is the condition for the victory for the Israelites that God told Joshua. It's the same advice that he would give us today. Get into the word of God. Understand it. Meditate on it. And the third part is that he had to do something with it. God challenged him to do according to all that is written in it. So there's action behind it. It's not just reading it. There's action behind it. It's not just checking a box. It's, we got to actually do what that Bible says. We got to do it. When the Bible says to love one another and love our enemies, it's not just an idea. It's a command that we've got to do that. We got to love the Lord with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves and love our enemies. To go in the world, to preach the gospel, to make disciples. Those aren't just suggestions. Those are commandments. That's a calling that we share. To show love to one another. And so it's not just reading the Bible. It's not just meditating on it. It's actually doing something with it. Then he says, for then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will be successful. Here's a great definition of success. Success is discovering the will of God and doing it. What a great definition of success that is. So what is God's will for your life? What has God uniquely wired you to do and to be? Maybe it's a CEO. Maybe it's a lawyer. Maybe it's a stay-at-home parent. Maybe it's an athlete. Whatever it is, if we are doing God's will, are we not successful? Success is not based on all the things that the moth and rust can destroy. And yet we put so much energy and effort into things that don't even really matter at the end of the day. Which leads to four, the final point. I'm going to close with this, the encouragement. The great encouragement of all of us is at the end of Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you? See that? It's a command. God wasn't just suggesting it. He commanded Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I hope you find encouragement in that. I hope that that strengthens you right now wherever you're watching from today. That you will find strength and hope in the encouragement that God is commanding you and he's commanding me to be strong and courageous. That he's commanding us, that he is with us wherever we go to the ends of the earth. So just imagine, church, what would happen in our life if we first partnered with God, saw what God was doing and partnered with him. That if we secondly believed in the promise, that the promise is victory. Thirdly, that we do our part, that we understand that there's part and there's a condition on us. See, what that does is that then creates the victory that God is with us. That is the encouragement. I want to leave us with one question and I'm going to pray for us. And the final question is this. Where is God calling you right now to be strong and very courageous? What is the area of your life right now today where God is telling you, I'm commanding you, 
be strong and courageous. I'm commanding you to just go with me, to trust me, that I'm commanding you not to be frightened, not to be in fear, to believe that I am with you to the ends of the earth. So church, where can we practice this right now today? Where is God calling you to be strong and very courageous? And then let's do something about it. Let's put our faith and obedience into action. Let me pray for us as we close. God, I thank you this morning that you are with us. I thank you that we have the opportunity right now to have church online. I thank you for the opportunity to stay connected to our church family around the world. I thank you that we have the opportunity to give and support, to connect, to grow, to serve one another, all from wherever we're watching right now. But Lord, I pray that at the end of this, I pray that this message is a message of encouragement, that we are accepting and believing in the command to be strong and courageous, to not be frightened, to truly believe that the God of the universe will not leave us, will not forsake us, that he is with us always. And when we believe that, that there's victory for whatever we're facing in this world. So God, I pray that as we are, are, are trying to answer that question, and we've probably already been able to answer it, God, where are you calling us to be strong and courageous? And Lord, I pray that you would then, as you already said, give us the strength to follow in obedience, to see victory in our life. Lord, I pray right now as we wrap up this online campus that we would be able to be encouraged by your word, that we receive your word, and that we put your word into practice. It's in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Thank you for joining and listening to our program today. And thank you to Crossroads Fellowship and the Truth Network for making this show possible. You can find out more information about Crossroads Fellowship at crossroads.org. If this show has impacted you, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at info at crossroads.org. Thank you to C3 Advantage for sponsoring this program. We look forward to having you join us on the next show. Perhaps you've asked yourself this question. Are you running the business or is the business running you? How might your teams grow if your teams were driving the business forward instead of you? You are sitting on a wealth of untapped opportunity. It takes courage to learn how to create a culture where your people are truly empowered to own their seats. My name's Cheryl Scanlon, business and executive coach. Working together, we'll go straight to your core challenges to sort through competing demands and realign to your highest priorities for measurable results. Visit C3Advantage.net. That's C number three advantage.net.